American Craftsman Podcast is sponsored by Hayfla. Hayfla offers a wide range of products and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries. From hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, sandpaper, shop carts, wood glue, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as Looks LED lighting and Slido door hardware ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hayfla.com. Welcome back. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) So we're joined today by buddy Walter Peters. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to think. I always catch myself like saying the same shit over and over again. I always say this, like I'm trying to think the last time that you were on (laughs) Um, but it was definitely season three. Were we in the dungeon? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it must have been April or May or springtime of last year. Yeah. In the opium den over there. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was wild. This is nice though. I like it out here. Yeah. This is this is pretty good. For a while, we had the table sort of like in the middle of the, not in the middle, but over that way, uh, perpendicular to where it is now. I don't know, which I don't know why we had it like that. I think we just had a bunch of stuff over here. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we did. Which it's just a perpetual problem. There's just always crap everywhere. Yeah, I'm starting to to see that. Move around. (laughs) Yeah, it's easy to accumulate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do you want to tell everybody sort of about this little uh, side thing you got going on now? Yeah, totally. Um, So I've been doing... uh, CNC programming and in uh, machining for uh, the better part of a year now, maybe a little more. And as I've kind of gone down that rabbit hole, I've I've been really into the idea of making things that are like one component, uh, no real assembly uh, required, something that you could fit in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been getting really into machining. I've I've wanted to do uh, kind of a new business venture. Um, so one of the guys I work with over at Timber, uh, Mike, and I have always kind of kicked around this idea of starting some kind of a small thing on the side. And it just kind of happened We to work out. We found a little place on Craigslist. And, uh, you know, that was maybe early December. And a, a week after that, we were on the lease and then, you know, found a, a machine. Um, and so it's the last, you know, two, two and a half months has been a kind of an ongoing project of of like, kind of tooling up and, and getting a shop ready, which has been a really cool experience. Yeah. It's, it's all, <laughs> you know, it's super exciting when and you're in the thick of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're still, uh, we're still, we're still carrying a little debt from the move. <laughs> you know, it's, it, uh, it takes time, you know, to get your feet fully under you. But, uh, what, so what kind of things do you envision actually making? Um, Metal, metal and aluminum components. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to this one podcast uh, in particular called Within Tolerance, and it's like it's like the number one uh, machinist uh, machining pro, uh, podcast. And so I've been listening to that for like a year, um, and I've kind of just like through that and YouTube, I've I've gotten really into this idea of like doing more like traditional manufacturing and, and more like metalworking. Um, and machining, which is kind of like a dying art, uh, yeah. you know, machining. You don't see a lot of machinists out there. Um, so anyway, I was, I was just listening to this uh, this kid on one of the episodes, and he he had like this crazy shop, and he was maybe like two years younger than me. And so after listening to that, I was like, wow, I really want to do this. And so we we kind of pulled the 
trigger on all that stuff. I know I kind of veered from your question, but I, I guess what I want to make is more like uh, I really anything, just just like small, simple things that are contained that can fit in a box that can go in the mail. Um, and you're looking to do like. Uh I mean, obviously, this is all like a, yeah. a question of ideals. Ideally, you're looking to do like um, one-offs where someone's like, man, I have this uh, 1934 Yates planer and I need this part for it. Or like, I'm going to be building this machine. I need a thousand of this thing. Yeah, more more the second thing you said. Mm-hmm. I think when you get into to like individuals and they're like, you know, they want something for their hobby. There's the market there is always tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like building furniture, you know, the market's <laughs> only this big and it takes so much longer, but people, you know, the value isn't, uh, isn't there for people, even though, how am I trying to put this? Like if, if you look at just like a regular cabinet versus a piece of furniture, it takes so much more time to build a piece of furniture, but people don't view it they don't view the value proportional to how much work it takes. Like if you have to build 100%. a one-off part, yeah. it's going to be a lot more time because you don't spread all that design time and all that shit yep. over a thousand parts. So people don't want to pay more for something that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing too. Like um, I've made a couple pieces of furniture. I've never really sold anything, but I, I do, I kind of live in that world with my everyday, um, you know, job and everything at working at timber um and one thing i've noticed is i'm like wow you really like you're working for every dollar like you can like you can you can automate the machining part to an extent but nothing like that comes together without some kind of finesse Mm -hmm. and some like you know really looking at things and and um so yeah i want i kind of want to make something where it's like hey man i need yeah like 500 of these because i have uh, you know, a catering company and we need these hooks or whatever to, to do this thing. And, and there's value in being able to offer some design and, and uh, prototyping. And then I would, you know, I'd like to be able to turn around and be like, Hey, I, I can do, you know, a long run for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's the kind of thing where you're doing a, a quarterly run for someone kind of like, you know, you guys do with the boxes yep. or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, as I go forward, I want to get more, get more into that because I like the idea of just doing things that are smaller that I can, again, like put in a box and, and mail to someone. Like when I was going back and forth with, with Mike and, and, and just in my, my own way too, thinking about how could I make some kind of a, you know, a living doing, you know, making something. I always thought about cabinets and furniture and, and railings or, and whatever, but I always would come back to the idea that I'd have to have a big space to do everything. And I'd also have to like get it there and put it up and I just the idea like going into someone's house and like drilling into their walls. Like I don't, I don't come from like a, like I don't have 10 years of construction experience to like confidently do that. It's actually, even honest. if you do, <laughs> yeah, it still sucks every time. I was so, so when, I, when we were doing the, uh, it was when we were doing the fate, we had to get a phase converter to run yep. the CNC machine we bought. Cause it's a three phase uh, machine. So we have like a hundred, 100 amps to 220 single phase coming into that building. And we, we spec out this phase converter that has a little motor and it gives the, you know, the electricity a third leg and that's your, your third phase. And anyway, I have, I have this electrician come in to install it and he's, he's like, a, he did a great job and he's, he's fun to work with, but he, 
I was help. I made this like piece. I took this like nice piece of pre-finished plywood. I did like a half inch Sapili uh, edge banding. So I made him this nice board to kind of mount the plugs and everything to. And so he's looking for studs in the wall and he, he doesn't have a stud finder. So he's just kind of driving a nail into the, <laughs> into the drywall waiting to hit something. You're like, dude, we just paid a security deposit and first month's rent on this place. Stop putting holes in the wall. So he's doing that. And I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, you don't have a stud finder. He goes, no, I, I can't find it or, or whatever. And then I realized like I have one in one of my toolboxes. So I, I get him the stud finder, we get everything marked out, and he he goes into the wall, and the lights flicker. And so he ended up hitting a wire on the back side of the wall, pinching it against this metal stud, and uh, and the you know the breaker was pop. He was like totally fine because the the other side of the wall was uh, it was an open wall, so we got like oh, super lucky. Wow. So it was an open wall, and he was like, oh, I can do that in like forty five minutes. And he got really like this building we're in is is pretty janky so like the the wire run is like chest high it's all over the place it's not not normal um so it was totally accidental and unlucky i felt bad for him but it was just to that extent he was like yeah i'm so happy that's that's not in like a finished home with a tiled wall it's you know it's a commercial building with an exposed wall yeah god forbid a pipe that's uh, hitting the, the water fear. pipe is the uh, that's like the ultimate that's the real fear yeah i could imagine Hundred percent. We just worked in a building in North Bergen on Monday. We installed a bunch. Of, um, well, the cabinets weren't installed, but they, I mean, there was no chance of doing anything on this install because we were just applying these frames to like a mirror, and then the cabinets were rolling. But if we were installing cabinets there, it's like we're on the eighth floor. You hit a pipe. It's like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's going down. Yeah, yeah, like that's a big problem. Oh yeah. Is that ever ha- that's never happened? You guys, right? No, I hit a pipe. When I when I first started um, with a framing gun, and luckily it was like in the basement, like in the utility room, so it was like shot off the wall. You know, it wasn't yeah, wasn't a big yeah, deal. But yeah. um, <clears throat> one time when I was putting the kitchen in by myself, mm-hmm. the guy had the um, just like little plastic caps on the hot and cold water that came up where the sink is, and like a shark fight or no, just. Like a, a crimp on yeah. X cap. Yeah. And the hot water came shooting off. And water is just shooting out. And I'm here alone in this guy's house. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Well, how many PSI is like a. <laughs> like a hundred sometimes. Yeah. Like 65. It, it was. I had run down into the basement. And, you know, people's basements, you have no idea where anything is. Yeah. Luckily, I found a shut off. That was like my house before I had it replaced. Like the shutoff wouldn't even close all the way. Yeah. So it's like if you were yeah. in somebody's house, you, you could destroy yeah. like yeah. the whole house. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I've always I've always it's thought like of a that. Lucy episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've always thought of that, and uh, I'm like, that just sounds like stress. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know. Um, so I think that that's the cool thing with like the machining is it, it kind of you know you can be in your space and make things and, and there's a market for it and it takes you out of that world. Some people like that. And I would, I would really like to be really good at that stuff. Um, but you know, you can only do so many things. Yeah. I, uh, I watched this guy on YouTube and he makes fishing lures. Like he carves them out of wood and stuff, but then he also does like the soft plastic ones Yep. and they're actually like injection molds. And he um, partnered up with a guy down in, uh, Georgia or something. I think he, he's in the Midwest somewhere, this guy. Um, but they that's what they do. They make aluminum molds 
on a, on a CNC mill that are two part, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, you know, two sided. So you can do all kinds of different designs and they clamp together and they inject the stuff in them and then they pop out these. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Actually the, the machine we bought was from a machine shop in, I think it was long, long Island. Um, and they're called Power Drive Components. Really cool guys. And they had like this ridiculous shop that was probably, it probably had easily a couple million dollars of machines in it. Maybe 10 guys, um, you know, running all these crazy parts. And they, they had bought this machining business down the street and kind of had, had bought it for the client. So I guess this, you know, they bought this guy out and they, they got his machines. And so they ended up turning around and just selling those machines. And they're, they're kind of tooling up that new shop. But they have a, they have a plastics injection molding machine a little bit farther down the street. So it's like they're in this little area and they've got these three businesses, but wow. it was just cool to watch because, um, you know, they took us all around and they were really nice, but it's, it's a whole different world, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, people who are getting into manufacturing now, like our real trailblazers because it, it's, it's been dying off steadily mm-hmm. since like whatever the 1970s and maybe even slightly before in the United States. So it's like people like, you know, the three of us who are trying to get back into this. Um, you know, it's pretty cool to see more businesses popping up where people are actually making things again. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good business to be in um, right now. At least I hope so. I, I'll see it. You know, we haven't, yeah. had, we, we're still getting everything, uh, kind of turned on and and I'm happy that like the machine turns on and and works well and it's a it's older than me it's 97 um but it's cool it's a 100% made in Japan machine so mm. it's like super quality uh even like the little things like the emergency stop is like metal you know not that like plastic emergency stop you normally see on mm-hmm. things oh uh, yeah but it's cool to to like kind of bring that back to life and like that machine's had a whole career of making dental parts basically i think it's huh. made it's got like 10 programs on it it's made the same thing it's entire and now we'll we'll turn around and use it for something else so yeah it's all cool I'm looking forward to like uh being able to be in there more and, and do stuff what uh so what is the machine and like what sort of capability does it have like what size how many tools it's got a, it's got 14 tools in it um it's a brother uh like the same company that makes fat Back, Print, yeah, machines. exactly. Yeah, yeah wow. it's crazy. Sewing uh, machines. Yep. Uh, scanners, all that. So they make good, they make really good CNC machines. Um, they have a new series called the, it's like their Speedio lineup. They're pretty popular. Um, but yeah, we got a brother TC229N, I believe is the, like the full name. Uh, and it's like a, it's a tapping, it's technically it's called a tapping center. So it, it kind of specializes in drilling and tapping holes. Hmm. So it can, it can drill and tap some really small, accurate holes, um, but it can do some, you know, milling. Uh, we were a little worried when we first got it that it wouldn't be, you know, totally up to the task of like um, doing some heavier machining. But we've we've ran some uh, some test code on it, and it it looks good. But yeah, just just a normal. I kind of explain it to people that might not know what it does so much is it's just kind of imagine a a bridge port that's totally enclosed you know um with a tool changer uh and coolant running and stuff like that so it just runs in what three axis yeah it's just a three axis machine i would love to get into five axis one day but that's definitely definitely (laughs) 
That's what happens is you get one thing and then you just, you're ready for the next one. Yeah. I mean, it got dropped off and we we're like already talking about the next machine. We're mm-hmm. like, okay, if we move this over 10 feet, we could probably fit this machine, right? <laughs> you know, we haven't even like done a job yet, but yeah, yeah. We know that story. Yeah. So you found it on Craigslist. I found the, I found the place on Craigslist. I found the machine on marketplace. Um, wow. And I looked at, I didn't want to, we didn't want to finance anything. Um, and the used market is pretty good, but if you go through a, a used dealer, it's, you know, there's actually a used dealer in Harrison that's got like a, a huge like warehouse of machines you can go look at, but they're a little bit more pricey and it's actually really hard to, to get financing on a used machine. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really want to go that route anyway. Um, so I found, I found our machine for like the, the price of like a, you know, an old used Honda and I called the people and I got a good impression from them and they were, they were kind of, they were, they had like the, we're trying to get rid of this fast price. Um, so yeah, it worked out and, um, yeah, found it on, found it on Facebook. Nice. And there was a whole process to get it, uh, get it back here, but yeah. Cause you guys it. hired riggers, right? Yeah, hired a rigger. That was a whole process. That probably cost half as much as the machine. It wasn't too bad. Uh, I'm pretty like financially transparent. The the machine was sixty five hundred bucks, and the rigging was fifteen hundred dollars. Oh wow, that's a good deal. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So, how like what's the footprint of this thing? Um, it's probably like it's like seven and a half feet tall. It's probably sixty five inches wide, and it might be another seven feet deep. Wow. Um, so it's it, big. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty big. I mean, it, our, our space is like a little under, um, four, it's a little under 500 square feet. I think our, our shop is like, uh, it's like 17 by 23. Um, so you got an overhead door and everything, I guess. Yeah. I got a nice bay door, parking lot, bathroom and a, nice. you know, a couple neighbors. It's well, there's a, there's a couple cool guys in there. There's like five units in the landlord's an interesting character he's got a, a pretty big unit and i think he's the only unit with free three phase and he's like a chemist so he makes like <laughs> bombs. <Yeah. laughs> it, it it looks like it man if you go into his uh you go into his place it's like 55 gallon drums all over the place oh, yeah. and big mixers he makes like adhesives that like uh huh. connect like uh if you look at like a hospital band or like a, a band that like would be on like a prisoner's wrist or something like that that adhesive that connects that he makes a lot of that stuff um isn't it funny how there's it's just some guy and yeah. long, you know yeah and i was like how often do you do this and he's like whenever i need to you know that was so i don't know what he, he do, probably does big batches and um, yeah yeah it's pretty neat yeah you'd think that was made by like you know 3m or yeah johnson and johnson yeah. or yeah and i think he was saying he does a lot of work for the state of new jersey huh. so it's over know. by white chapel projects right yeah is yeah. it on that street yeah, it's like if you go, there's like a run of churches when you, like if you go past White Chapel and you, you kind of turn on that street with the two churches, it's uh it's on that street. And it's it looks pretty rough from the outside. It's an industrial building, but it's, the nice thing is it's it's zoned for industrial purposes. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can make a bunch of noise. You can, you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, yeah, they were a little worried about us here. Is this industrial? No, it's uh, B... See, it's whatever. It's whatever the highest level of commercial is, not industrial, but. Yeah, because there's some homes, right? Oh, yeah. yeah it's right. crazy. But honestly, you know, we've been, I've been here at four o'clock in the morning. Running and, machines? Yeah, and nobody's ever. 
the only thing they've, and we, you know, anytime we see the neighbors, we, we ask, we're like, you know, everything going good. We're not being too loud. The only thing is that they pick up the dumpster. So we, the dumpster we keep inside, but they pick it up like every four weeks. So we, we take the forklift, we drive it around, we stick it in the, there's an apron over there on the side street. And they, they come at like five o'clock in the morning (laughs) and they, they pick that thing up and they dump all the, you know, dump it into a big truck. Is that a service you guys pay for to have that dumpster? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We don't have it. That's my one complaint with the, uh, with the shop. I mean, now I'd like to have a nice deep sink and I'd like to have a dumpster. The dumpster is super cheap. Yeah. We have it picked up every four weeks, a three yard dumpster. It's like 76 bucks a month. Yeah, I don't even think I would need like my own dumpster. It'd be nice if there's a. It'd be nice if there was a dumpster, kind of in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing there is you just bag it up and you throw it on the side of the street on Monday and oh. Thursday nights. Yeah, have you driven around Long Branch like a decent yeah, amount? Yeah, I've seen it and because I, you can put out a friggin' car, you know, cut in half, and they'll take it. It's like yeah. here, it's bulk pickup. Every every like here, every pickup is bulk pickup. Yeah, they'll take anything. It looks like people are moving out. Sometimes they just put their shit right on the sidewalk. Yeah. yeah there's a, there's definitely a lot of shit all over the place, but we don't, we don't make that much. We don't make that much garbage right now. I think when we start making chips, I'll be interested if there's any like recycling value there and you yeah. know, that'll be a whole thing to learn. I'm sure RB, uh, RBR would buy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You, know, you just mm-hmm. take it in whatever garbage cans. Or... Is that somebody we're knocking at the door? Yeah. It sounds like it. Here we go. All right, talk amongst yourselves. Maybe a delivery? Yeah. Pizza? Mystery uh mystery guest at the front door. FedEx guys are—they're real hit and miss around here. This was a a different. So this FedEx came out of Eatontown. Usually our stuff comes out of Edison or something. You know where this is from? Our buddies at Montana Brand Tools. Oh, oh nice! Is that for our, our push carts? Uh, no. So I was uh, I said to somebody on Instagram that we burnt up a bunch of bits because mm-hmm. we were drilling this this compact laminate material. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Nick was like, Oh, he's like, let me know which ones got messed up and we'll send you replacements. And I, oh, that's a good set. I, I, <laughs> it's like, I don't even know, like 14 bits or something. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're really generous. Eight, nine. Yeah. Nine bits. We burnt up just because, you know, we sh- shouldn't be using these bits on that, that ridiculous material. Um, so these are the cobalt bits, which are, are amazing. And then they sent this, which is their... Oh, the gray kit? The titanium. That's yeah. the steel, right? You drill through steel with that? Yeah, these are, are um, he said, um, good for steel. Black gold. 137 degree split point. So this is... We have the um, cobalt oh, set yeah. like this, but 
Those guys are the best. Thank you, Montana Brand Tools. And uh, with those to good use. Yeah. A lot of people get into them with the, that little flipper mm-hmm. countersink thing. No offense, like Montana. That. Yeah, it's it's not our favorite, but the drill bits, yeah. the Brad Point bits, the they X29, rock. and these are they're amazing. I have taken a lot of sets from my dad, and they're great. I have I like the Brad Point bit, and I like the uh, the other one that'll fit in an impact, but you can also chuck it up in a drill. It's just like oh the, yeah, uh, they're like a yeah. gold color. Yeah, yeah, that one's great. Well, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah. They left a thing on the door yesterday, like a oh, you know, you weren't here, and it was like. We were here all day. <laughs> oh, so they, they won't just like leave something out there. All our guys have the code and they just bring it inside. But this was just some. Yeah. I don't know why this went through a different. Different thing. Um, What what were we talking about before with that? That was like a very menacing knock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we were talking about the chips. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a value there if you can recycle those, I'm pretty sure, but that's something we'll, we'll get into down the, down mm-hmm. the line. What's like the tool holding on a thing like that? Is it like a collet? Yeah, it's a tool holder that the tool holder kind of interacts with the, um, with the, like the, the spindle and the tool changing mechanism. It's actually like scary fast on this machine. It's pretty really? cool. Yeah. Um, it's probably like less than two seconds. Well. So, yeah, it's like, and it's funny right now too because the machine is not level. Like we, I don't have a machinist level, and I'm not totally sure how to do that. And I think it's worth uh, paying a guy to come in and look at everything and totally level the machine. Mm-hmm. But right now it's not level, so it's funny. Like when that machine rapids back and forth, it'll rock the whole machine. It's <laughs> like is, the laser yeah. does that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a collet. I think we can go up to a half inch tool. It might be three eighths. Like. At timber, I'll use everything from a, you know, a five eighths end mill to a, to a one one eighth. Um, so I think with with this, it's a little different. Um, all your like rigidity and everything is based on, you know, how much stick out there is and and uh, how what's the diameter of the tool. But I think for the most part, we're going to be running three eighths and quarter inch tools. Hmm. Uh, have you ever noticed that? So. Um when you get out to the highway and you, you make a left, like to go back down 36, there's a machine shop right here. I just here. noticed yeah. that like yeah. a week ago. I was going to say that that might be a good place to like just I'm, pop in and be like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm getting into machining and just want to pick your brain. Cause it's probably yeah. some like ancient old guy. 70 years yeah. old. Yeah. And who knows? He might, he might leave you his client list. It's funny you say that. Cause like, I, I just noticed that no more than two weeks ago mm-hmm. when I was driving to work. Um, and yeah, I, I do want to pop over there. It says like John something machine shop. It's yeah. a pretty cool looking building because yeah. it's like a perfect cube and it's all brick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to pop over there. I couldn't find him online. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's, he's not online. And he's definitely yeah. old. Yeah. We, uh, we take that little street. Like if you're ever coming this way down the highway and you got to get back into, t- into Keensburg, mm-hmm. take that street. You know, instead of that jug handle by CVS, it's so much easier. Yeah. What do you guys think of Keensburg now that you've been here for a little while? Uh, you know, it's it's definitely full of like a cast of characters. Yeah, like the way I describe it is like I it I never like walk around thinking it's sketchy or unsafe. It's no. just like it's just kind of different, you know? It's yeah, it's just a little <laughs> trashy, you know? Yeah, yeah it's like the like, best way to put it. Yeah, yes. exactly. 
I mean, you yeah. see some people who look a little seedy, but you know, it's no, it's no uh, worse than anywhere else. Right. I don't, think. I, I don't think it's dangerous per se. It's, it's just, you know, lower economic. Yeah. Um, you know, area. Yeah. People, yeah. Folks around here, you know, not doing as well as some of the other neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of section eight and a lot of, um, I mean, there's still like flop houses in Keensburg where <laughs> like, you know, you know, you can count the number of liquor stores and things like that. And the dollar general, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, populated with those types of things for a reason. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. We were talking about the, I always forget which is which I think that's the dollar general that we went to. Mm. Um, apparently that used to be a supermarket. And Rob was like, I wonder why the supermarket didn't, didn't last. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> Dollar General is buying all this stuff in liquidation. They're selling it for real cheap. You know, it's like, it's just like the market here is kind of, I don't know. A little depressed. Yeah. Because yeah. the town really need. I mean, it's a perfect spot. The town really needs its own little market, but yeah, you know, it, it's another indication of, um, you know, areas that aren't well served. You know, you can't get fresh food mm -hmm. in, in place like that. It's, it's just, it's a typical. Yeah, they don't even have like a, you know, like you go to Quick Check and they got like bananas by like by yeah. the cash register. They don't even have that over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bodega or anything like that. Yeah, Which, there's there's like some convenience stores. I don't know if they sell anything, but I mean, if you go to a convenience store and to buy um groceries or like whatever right. canned food or dry goods it's significantly more expensive than mm -hmm. going to the supermarket yeah yeah you know, totally. like a can of chef boy rd at the supermarket is say 229 at the convenience store you're gonna pay 329 or four dollars yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah have you gone to that brewery by timber really? no. yeah it's pretty cool yeah. i went once with, with the guys after work you can drink in there it's really nice. In well, there. you got to take a tour. What well, has it? No, it's got like, he's got all the stuff on the bottom floor, like all the big um, kettles. Yeah. Yeah. A really cool guy. Um, and then it's actually, it's like surprisingly really, really nice. Like it's totally comparable to uh, like a carton in Atlantic mm -hmm. Islands. I actually like, like it more than carton in Atlantic Islands. I haven't been to carton in oh, probably since uh, before Sandy. Do they still do the tasting in like that old building? I've only been there a handful of times in like the last, I've, I've only, I've maybe gone there four times and mm -hmm. it's been the last two years. I think it's just in that one main building and you yeah. go all the way up to the top floor. It's cool, but it's, it's very like, um, there's for one, I don't think there's enough space. And sometimes the, the beers there are just like way too far out. Um, like they're just trying, they're like, Oh, do you want to try this peanut butter ice cream? Yeah. We're like, what I liked about the other guy grins is he just had like a handful of IPAs, a handful of stouts, a handful of some other stuff. And it, it wasn't like trying to be something that it shouldn't be. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Augie's got a, Augie Carton has a quite a, an eclectic uh, <laughs> taste. I remember. Uh, so there used to be like in this real old building right next to where they built that, um, giant industrial looking building and the tasting rooms upstairs. And we went there because I worked at this place, Twin Light Tap House, which is like a big craft brewery bar. Carton did like their, um, I think maybe like not grand opening, but like a, a um, 
they did a party there when they first started and whatever. So I was kind of in with those people. And, um, he took us into like the fridge where they had all the beers and he's like, Oh, you want to try this? It's Gorp. Good old raisins and peanuts. So it was like yeah. a raisin peanut beer. They had all these wacky. Yeah. That's funny. That's Twin Lights Brewing? Uh, Twin Light Tap House, not Twin Light Brewing. It was on Bay Ave. Actually, our buddy from the Red Store, the the newest iteration. Not the oh, newest, you, but Do the, you know those guys? Not the guys that are there now, but the guy that was there before, before they just sold. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Mike's Little Red Store. He's opening a restaurant there in Highlands. Right oh, on wow. Bay Ave. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I'm really close to the Red Store. I don't really go. I, I haven't gone in there since the new people. I think I went in there once, the last owner's. But I remember when I was a little kid, it was cool. It was like a real kind of like old school convenience. Super floor. dark. Like the ceilings felt really Yeah, low. like wooden floor. It was mm-hmm. cool. It was, it was nice. I um, did have like the worst cup of coffee in my entire life there. Because <laughs> yeah. I was working back on like Cooper Road. So that was like the closest place to get a coffee. But, you know, middle of the day, it's probably been sitting on sitting that on pot the, all yeah, day. Yeah. It's just like it has reduced down into like a sludge. There's a lot of good food around here. What I was going like? to say, have you tried Alternate Endings Brewery in Aberdeen? No. Great food and great beer. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, the food is done by, um, there's a restaurant in Asbury called Tallulah's. That sounds really familiar. And they do the the food for this place. It's like weird with breweries in New Jersey. Like you can't have food or, you know, like the brewery itself can't have food, but you could have like this like pop-up restaurant like within the brewery or something Mm -hmm. i don't know it has something to do with the laws um but yeah they do like sourdough pizza and like it was good we went there for my wife's christmas party nice you have to check that out it was a movie theater it's like in a little strip mall on on uh 34 by dykes Mm -hmm. you know so if you just um like you're going going to the parkway you bang a uh a right onto clark Park Street or whatever that is, and then go on to Lloyd Road, and it's like a couple miles up there. All right, cool. I'll have to check that out. I was listening to um, that episode you guys had with Ed Johns. It was a good episode. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, so when you do that that box job, is that piece of stock in there like a, a sheet? No, they're um, four by 30 by three A's. Four by, th- okay, so you have to, you run them like uh, you run the box perpendicular to the sheet, kind of like that sort of thing. It's um, it's literally here. I pull it up. I got it right here. They um, one piece makes one box. So this is set up for the old laser. It's so big, but yeah. So like this is one. Oh, okay. He's here. Cool. And it just leaves like a little quarter inch frame basically is left over at the end. Yeah, that's cool. I've never done any laser cutting, but the the tight kerf and the, you can do a sharp corner, I guess. You can do a true yeah, 90. Yeah, yeah cool. you know, it's it's not a true, true 90, I but guess, but. Close enough. Yeah, for, there's, yeah. there's a, a bunch of them behind you. Oh, you, well, you've seen. Your mom oh, got yeah. one for Christmas. Yeah, she did. That's what <laughs> I've been using it. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, so that sold out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. less than fifteen minutes. That's what, a thousand of them. In 15 no, minutes? we did five hundred this time. We can't bring ourselves to do a thousand. Oh, really? 
It's just yeah, that. It's too, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Even 500 is bad. <laughs> I bet. How, I'm, I've never done anything in that quantity. How do you keep everything uh, counted? That's what I'm always curious about. Uh, you know, everything gets like stacked in layers and yeah. then they go into these boxes. We know that the boxes hold 16 per layer. And then, so the box holds 96. Yeah. So each box, you know, mm-hmm. um, I actually, I ordered the material this morning. So these aren't due until, um, mid May or something. Okay. But we're going to cool. get started early this time and like work <laughs> last, on them slowly. Last. <laughs> it was a brutal rush. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was brutal. We waited too long to get into them. You know, we were like in North Carolina at Hayflow. Then we had Maker Camp and then we came back and then got into them. Um, then we had the laser issues The and then that laser that we got didn't work. I heard about that. Yeah. It was crazy. a nightmare. We've been doing a lot of boxes at Timber, like using implants. Mm-hmm. Those have been, those have been pretty neat. But yeah, they're like between, I think they're between like maybe like 60 and a hundred, but they're all different. So that's, that's neat. We just did the last run of those. Are you guys doing the acrylic too, or just the, the bottoms? Uh, or do they have like acrylic tops on them? No, they were all, um, they were all combi core for the most part. They were hundred percent combi core and, and, uh, that fire rated MDF, uh, like a uh, Medex. Medex. Yeah. yeah. It was just a lot of that. Um, that stuff stinks. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you can't, that'll always be a fine powder. Mm-hmm. That'll never chip. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we we were doing a lot of those, but that was cool. But you know, they're all different size, and keeping track of those, we we got better as we went on. But that's kind of a nightmare when you start making when you have forty or something, and they're all different. Yeah, and the parts are all over the place, and you're just like, okay, we got to get this together. There's only twenty six letters in the alphabet, so it's like you know, you got part A, part B, and pretty soon you're you're into double A's, double B's, A B's. Well, it's cool with the with the with the parametric modeling because all the first couple ones are a little rough like you're kind of getting through them and then everyone's figuring out how to build them and then before you know it they just they're just like flying off the machine mm-hmm. you know people you just get accustomed to building them and you kind of identify what part is what but that's i've been it's funny like that's been the last the job i'm doing now is more of a tricky job it's carving these panels but for the last like six months i've just been doing boxes primarily so those are what mitered? Yeah, they're mitered, and I do that. I rough that with an end mill, um, and then I just come in with a with a V bit, and it's like a it's a really tight miter. Um, and they don't have to be perfect because they all get sanded and painted. Yeah, um, but you want them, you know, close enough. Yeah. What do you use for joinery? Um, just glue joints. Yeah. Just just glue in the miter. Yeah. And what you're using like band clamps or something or just uh, spring clamps? Yeah, 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 spring miter clamps. Oh, and nails. Yeah, a lot of nails. Um, no, no lamellos. No, no, they're <laughs> they're quick. I mean, yeah. I didn't get to. I don't get to build much stuff there now. Um, but the guys that were putting them together got really fast. So they're they're doing a box, maybe less than an hour. Yeah, yeah. Some tape. You know, you flip it so that the outside yeah. is up. You tape the seams, flip it back over, glue it, and then you can. It just folds together, basically. I was doing that in the beginning, and then I was having a hard time flushing everything out when I tried to do all the miners at the same time with mm-hmm. the tape. So what I was doing was just, I was doing one miter, making sure it's square, getting it with the um, 
with the spring clamps and then just shooting it with nails and mm-hmm. then just doing two halves, you know, and yep. then putting in the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about, so last time you were here at Timber, you were mostly working on, I think, or maybe exclusively working on the floor. Um, how, yeah. how has your role sort of transitioned there? Um, I think last time I was here, uh, yeah, I was kind of getting up into the office and doing more, um, learning the CNC programming, uh, like learning the drafting and the drawing and, and the shop drawings and all that stuff. I've been doing that a lot. And, um, and now I'm kind of getting more into like a project management role, which is cool. But the, the bummer of all that is that the minute you start going down that road, you, you get away from like, you're no longer standing at the table saw. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's what I really like to do. You know, that's like what, what makes the job enjoyable is when you're, you know, down there and doing the, you know, doing that kind of stuff. I don't mind the programming, but I ideally like, I'd like to program right next to the machine, you know, and be seeing it through to the next couple steps. It's like being the executive chef. You don't cook anymore. I heard you talking about that. Like, and also just like the days where like uh, you were saying on one episode where you got to a certain point in the restaurant and you just wanted, there were days where you just wanted to chop vegetables. Yeah. And there's totally days where I'm just like, wow, I'd love to just be pushing some boards through a saw. Yeah. Just making some dust. doesn't have to be anything. No. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like the dish, Rob, the dishwasher didn't show up. Oh, Rob, the the oven, the convection oven stopped working. Oh, Rob, you know, the the tomatoes didn't show up. It's like, yeah, I was in here this morning for two and a half hours, like scanning and like, you know, going through <laughs> bank statements, trying to find charges for we, we uh, exhaust for this grant that we apply for. They're like, provide these. And it's always like they want the next day. They're like, provide all these documents by tomorrow. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. geez, uh, that's something to look into is grants. Yeah. So a grant, you don't have to pay back a grant, right? Is that the whole correct? Idea? Yeah. I mean, some grants are have loans, but most of the time, uh, a grant is just, yeah, they're giving you money for something. Like we have a lease grant here where they pay 20% of our lease for two years. That's sweet. Yeah. And then um, I'm in the process right now. We were approved. I don't know what, you know, they're asking for more documentation. A um, small business improvement lease, or so, sorry, small business improvement grant. Um, which they cover 50% of up to like a hundred thousand for like improving, you know, improvements to a building that you're leasing. And the, is the incentive with that, that they're, I always like wonder, because I hear about stuff like that. What is the incentive for someone to give a grant? I'm just curious. These are right through the state. So it's just like an economic stimulus basically. Yeah. You know, they know that, you know, if we're doing well, we could potentially hire someone, then they're going to be doing better. You know, it's just a... The money goes into the community. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. And there's like some stipulations, like if we hire someone, you know, they have to be paid like what will be like the new minimum wage. You know, there's certain things that you have to agree to, you know, you have to, for the lease um, agreement, for example, like we have to be here for like three years or something, which is fine because we have a five-year lease. Um, so there's certain things you have to agree to, but do you guys have the lease where it's like the, it's like the triple T lease or something, triple, triple, net. triple net or something? No, ours is, um, it's not triple net. 
I don't know what it's like. Uh, and it's not an all inclusive lease. It's um, I don't know what you would call it. We pay the lease. We pay the taxes. You know, we pay. Uh, maybe it is triple net. I don't know. We we basically pay for everything. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's. I'm kind of getting into. That. I'm. We're lucky. We're like. Uh, our our whole thing is pretty loose right now. But I could imagine like a building like this is a lot more. You know. Yeah. You know. So the lease is like uh, now it goes up a, a little percentage every year, three percent or something. Um, so now it's. Uh, I don't know. This month it was like thirty nine hundred. That includes the taxes. And it included the water and the sewer for the quarter. That seems pretty good, though, for a space this size. Yeah, it's not bad. And then you got utilities, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Business internet is like ungodly expensive. <laughs> power. Business everything. <laughs> Insurance. Yeah. And this, they, the, you know. I have like a quarter of the speed here I have at home. And I probably, we pay like $50 more a month here than I pay at home. Like I have gigabit at home. This is like. I think maybe I upgraded to 400 megabits per second and it's $125 a month. Yeah. I, I, I heard about that from one of the guys in the, uh, the units over from me. So I was lucky enough to where I'm, I'm right next to the, um, the landlord's unit. So I went into his unit and I was able to, we did like a hundred foot run of a cat five wire mm-hmm. or something. And we just, he already had like these crazy electrical runs. So it didn't have to look nice. And we just <laughs> <laughs> fed it all the way through. And I was able to get it like, you know, over his wall and under my ceiling, you know, or, you know, in between my ceiling and the wall. And it, it, it I think we pay him like 35 bucks a month, but it's good internet. Yeah. Um, that's so good. We're kind of getting around some of that stuff for now. That's like cool. what we did at the old yeah. shop. Yeah. It was like came out the window on the second floor, <laughs> went down the house. It was yeah. like around the fence, under the ground, into the shop. You need it though, man. It's yeah. Like you yeah. can't, you gotta have it. Well now like fusion, everything is cloud-based. It's, you know. Yeah. Fusion's pretty uh, amazing in that like, Fusion is, is like, I think 600 bucks for the year or something like that. And like, uh, these are older legacy softwares for, um, you know, some of the other CNC machining companies, they're like $20,000 a year. Yeah. And you might have to get another, it blows my mind. It's yeah. It's like, like wow. enterprise pricing. Yeah. And I think it's just because people are like shops are, they might be older and they, they just, they're not, you know, Fusion's really the new kid on the block is, um, I, some people describe it, but it's, it's pretty cool. It seems like you guys use it for everything. Oh yeah. It's always right here. That's like mosaic. I think we pay like 175 a month on mosaic. This is what we just installed. I have, I pulled these out so I could get some top views, but. Nice. And we did this mirror wall. Here's a question for you. Was your, was your sidebar really blurry for a couple of weeks? Um, it's, well, that's the thing. It's always, there's always something like I, yeah. something will, that's my only complaint is they update so frequently that like you'll have something that's totally working and you'll get two weeks into something and then that, that breaks and then it with an update and then, uh, and then, you know, it's something else. So that's, that's my only gripe, but yeah, there's always little things like that. And I think that's just cause they're, they're constantly buying other software companies and fusing it into their software. That's I think that's why they call it fusion 360. Hmm. Um, and that that's what creates those updates and those weird little things happen, but there's a really nice, you know, community and forum behind it. I'm sure you go on there a lot when you're, uh, 
Yeah, I'm at the point now where like I know I know enough to get by, and if I run into something, usually I go to YouTube first. Yeah, but I do you know occasionally if it's like something really deep, I have to get into the forum, the Fusion 360 forums. Um, I this reminder that I didn't get um 45 minutes ago. We better uh thank our sponsor. Oh yeah. Oh, look at this. The my Apple Watch charger stuck to the drill bits. When you need the right saw blade for the job, put your trust in Ridge Carbide Tools. That's right. For over 50 years, Ridge Carbide has been producing industrial saw blades designed with exact specifications for the cutting results you expect. Before you buy, call Ridge Carbide and they'll help you determine the right tool that meets your needs and your budget. After the sale, Ridge Carbide provides sharpening services for all your saw blades, dado sets, router bits, and jointer planer knives. Located in Kansas, Ridge Carbide Tools provides high-quality products with outstanding customer service at a fair price. What, what are you, you cutting? cutting? <laughs> and we also want to thank our sponsor, uh, Unita. Uh, I was just using the 3x4 today. Yeah. Um, sanding a face frame that actually is, is mitered, so there's inside miters on it. And I, I put up a little reel, you know, saying like, you know, good luck doing this with your orbital sander. Yeah. Because you're just going to, you know, be digging into that other yep. side. Um, you have to be careful with the three by four. It's not that it, it won't dig in. It's just you have a straight edge um, that you can reference. So we're doing some more finishing. seems like I've been doing nothing but finishing for the last <laughs> about a month. Six months. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I primed some stuff today. So that's like our... Or prepping weapon from primer, you know, from pre-primer, primer, and then we use it all the way up to the finish coat. Um, so we'll be getting into that tomorrow. And uh, Unita was kind enough to give us a coupon code. So I, um, they just sent that over today. It's Joinery15, J-O-I-N-E-R-Y 15. Um, that'll save you 15% in your cart at sandpaper.com. And um, free shipping over 75 bucks. So check them out. The sandpaper is great. And the prices are really good. The three by four, like a box of 50 is like 18 bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah which is yeah. cheap. And it's silicon carbide, film back. Um, so yeah, stock up 15% off. 15% a good savings. Yeah. And free shipping. Yeah. And they're right in New York, so. Um, cool. Oh, yeah. Fusion, that's what we're talking about. Uh, do you, if you guys were to, because you were talking about finishing, do you think if you were to to hire out a task here and bring someone on, it would totally be finishing? Would that be the first? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Because the finishing, you know, it comes in spurts. So yeah. it's like, you know, you work, 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 then it's like finishing. And then you got to work, work, mm -hmm. work, work, finishing. So it's like, I don't know if we would be able to keep someone busy enough to where they would be, you know, they'd have to have really good availability to just be like, all right, we're ready for you for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But we've talked to Jackie about that, you know, like, Hey, you know, and actually I, I asked her, um, to price out some stuff for us. Like that was like high gloss, which is like sprayed yeah. high gloss once, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to make a living doing that. It's like, mm -hmm. you have, you need like a sterile environment. Um, you got to let it cure for like a week and then you buff it and it's, or, or polish it, whatever. Um, so yeah, anything like super complicated where we would love to farm out, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to get, 
I'm trying to get good at finishing. That's also like a goal of mine. Um, cause I do enjoy it and I'm getting faster. So just a matter of time before it's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So no more of those, uh, UV finishes or. No, I've had a couple people ask me recently. They're like, I'm surprised you're not using uh vesting anymore. I mean, it was great in the old shop because circumstances. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of space, um, you know, to leave things to dry and it's not a, you know, we couldn't get it dust free enough yeah. um, to spray, really. We didn't have the room to spray, even with the pop-up thing. Um, so it worked great there. And it's a nice finish. It leaves a nice, you know, feels nice. But uh, now that we have the space and the facilities, it's like spraying is the fastest way to go. Yeah, I I do the vesting things for, for my stuff because it's easy and quick. And usually by the time I get to that point in a project i'm like ready to be done oh yeah um but i do find that to be late every every time i'd sand that i'm like wow it's a lot of work mm-hmm. you know, going back over and sanding it and everything yeah it's like you know the um the nice thing about spraying is it's supposed to like self-level you know and the vesting if you don't wipe it perfectly you get those spots where it you know this is done with this is actually kimavir um you get those like rough spots and the only way to fix those is to refinish it I mean, if you mess up spraying, it's the same thing, but you know, you're spraying such a thick coat that it, it self levels. And I don't know, it's just a little more foolproof, I think. Yeah. I used to make videos for this, this body shop and wall and they would take like privately owned cup cars and, and they would get like destroyed in these races and they'd, they'd build them back up. Hmm. Um, and the paint department there was crazy. Like they had the, this booth you could drive a car in um, and it would get like sucked through the, the floor. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty amazing. Like the, they had one guy there that was the head painter and he had probably been there forever. And then he had a guy who's maybe a little bit older than me. And he's like, he was telling me, he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a paint apprentice. I've been like mixing paint for like two years now, you know? And it, the, the work they would do is nuts, but mm-hmm. it shows like you got you know, to put in the time and learn all that, you know, chemistry and, yeah. and everything. That's like Adam, um, Adam from three dot with the boxes. He was yeah. a finisher and the place where he worked was like one of the only places where you could get like all these vintage paints like remix. So he'd be mixing paints like to match a car, like an original paint color from like a 1930s car. Or, like, you know, he was shipping paint like all over the world and stuff. Yeah. And, and it was all by eye. Yeah. I think that's a good, I want to somehow get into the, that industry of doing stuff for the automotive um, you know, people that are into cars and stuff. Cause I feel like they're willing to like really pay for car, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're willing to like put into it. Right? Um, but yeah, it's a whole different world. Are you thinking about trying to develop some like products that ideally? Yeah. I think you'd want to do that. I, I follow a couple guys that, that have a whole have entire companies that are based off that. Um, but I, I want to do, I think we're going to do everything, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I would like to, I'd like to do the job shop work. Um, I'd like to do a, some kind of a product line. Uh, I think it'd be cool to work with guys like you and, in like develop something, you know, that, that you would, that someone like you would want, mm-hmm. you got, you know, um, and then also like, I'd like to get into like multi-component assemblies with maybe some like, you know, TIG welding you know, and, and doing something like that. So we'll see. But yeah, for now I'm, I'm willing to, you know, kind of do it all. 
Yeah, and you feel out, you know, what yeah, what, what works. works. Yeah. There's actually a there's a website called Zometry and they send you a part and if you send them back the part and it meets their spec, you can go like you become a partner and I think yep. they're the largest like web-based manufacturing company and you, it's like DoorDash for for like parts. It's pretty wild. So yeah. we'll probably start there just cuz it's you know, we're kind of we have enough low overhead to actually be competitive in that marketplace and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I've heard of that. There's another one that's uh it's not Sometry, it's something else, but they have wood products on theirs. Like maybe fab.com or something like that. And um I looked at a couple things, but with woodwork it's hard, like the bidding process and it just seemed like it wasn't the juice wasn't mm-hmm. going to be worth the squeeze. Yeah, I think it's something you can do in the beginning if you're getting started, but ideally I'd like to, you know, I'd like to know like 10 people that always need stuff, you mm-hmm. know, um, or, and they're pointing me to people that also need more stuff. So yep. that's I, ideally I'd like it to go that way, but we'll, we'll see. We got to, we haven't even like uh, caught anything on the machine yet, but it works. And you know, that's what I'm actually doing after this. I'm going to clean out the machine and get it ready to take cool and, and uh, you know, do all that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to see that run. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making a video um kind of like of like trans transforming the space uh the renovation and getting the machine in and so i'll put that up and we'll we'll kind of kick it off probably hopefully in a you know another month we'll be kind of rocking and rolling mm-hmm. so you're going to start a social media for the yeah we have like uh we have like an llc um we're called mw machine co michael and michael and walter uh you know the instagram's there there's nothing on it yeah, um, yeah. you know the, but the domain name is purchased so we'll start doing the, all that stuff after the uh um you know after everything gets going like i had one of the neighbors that uh you know the next unit from our shop is this really cool like small engine repair guy mm. uh he's like real mechanical and he's always like oh can you can you guys do this like i know this guy that needs this and i'm always like yeah i really want to do that but i don't want to i don't want to talk to anyone until i'm like totally set up because yeah. the last thing i want to do is be like Oh yeah, I could probably do that, but like come back to me in a month, you know, I want to yeah. be like really tooled up and ready to go. Yeah. And you know, yeah, if you're not, if you're not actively running stuff, you don't want to make promises that you can't keep. And then, you yeah. Know, yeah. I'd rather take down their info. I'll call them later. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I saw your brother started an Instagram that is, he's doing a push up every day for uh, however many followers he has. Yeah. It's a whole it's a whole, uh, that's the alarm automatically. Uh, that's funny. Don't, don't listen to the status of our cameras. Um, all the cameras are working perfectly. <laughs> Put the dogs back in the cages. Oh my God. Shut up. Mine does the same thing. Simply safe is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Not sponsored. They sponsor all these podcasts and YouTubers. It's, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, my, he's jumping in that ice bath. Every, my dad's getting, everyone's getting in the ice. I'm not really getting in the ice bath too much right now, but that's that's the whole wave right now on the internet. Yeah, it's I getting, said everybody's watching too much Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sauna's next. That's like the, the big push for my dad. Yeah, he's switched. been texting me about the price of cherry. He's going to use cherry now. Yeah, I he, I said, I think yeah, it was like Cedar's three ex- bucks. Yeah, cedar's expensive. Um, Well, they had that paint. That paint grade four quarter cherry was like was 99 cents. Yeah, let me tell them. But we haven't gotten a flyer from oh, Lewis yeah. in a while. 
Um, I, I would totally try the ice bath thing, but like, I'm not going to get an ice bath. That's the thing. Well, it's just, uh, all it is, is like, uh, it's like a cattle trough from mm-hmm. tractor supply co. Uh, and then in the, in the wintertime, it kind of, you know, keeps itself cold. Um, yeah, I think I would do it if I worked from home, but I, you know, when I wake up and I'm like getting ready to go work all day and then usually, um, I'll leave now lately, I'll leave timber and i'll go to my place and I, the last thing i want to do is like get in a cold bucket of water but yeah i feel like that i would get too woken up at night and then i wouldn't be able to go to sleep yeah yeah for it definitely wakes you up um i've only done it once though uh and then so yeah same thing i'd i like the idea of getting in a sauna though that sounds yeah, really nice. nice uh especially in, like in the evening like it's the opposite like i, I wouldn't want to get in a really hot sauna first thing in the morning and then no, get out to yeah, like, yeah, totally like, wiped, take a nap. You know? Um, sauna's good for a hangover. Yeah. Yep. I'm doing a dry January this year. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I drank. Uh, maybe Christmas. Christmas yeah. Christmas. I probably had, had a couple, but I just, I, I like drinking, but I don't know. I just, I don't have the, I don't have it in me anymore. Yeah. I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of going there. I, I think I, drink uh every so often but the it's just a nice way to kick off the year it's kind of a fun thing to do yeah you know well you're right at that age you're what 25 i'm 20 i just turned 24 a month ago yeah you're right at the on the cusp of you know you're either gonna like become like a you know when you get towards your 30s it's like you see all these memes like you're gonna like get into bourbon or you're gonna just like stop drinking (laughs) (laughs) i want to like like i want to like cigars i want to like bourbon and stuff like that it looks really appealing, and then every time I do it, I'm like, ah, I don't want this. I love cigars, but yeah, bourbon, I don't like. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to try to get back into them. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was a. I want to say I was probably probably 25, 26 when I really just and it's, it, I have nothing against drinking, and mm-hmm. I, it's just like it's just happenstance. It's like life just gets in the way of you know. You know, you have less social things going on. You're working more typically. It just happened that way. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think, too, uh, a lot of drinking can kind of kill my momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if I wake up kind of hungover on a Saturday, I'm I'm like, damn, this this sucks. You know, I had a, a great rhythm going, and now it's it's, uh, it's gone. So that's kind of like, you know, with the the new shop and everything, I kind of want to, like, you know, keep keep everything rolling. Yeah, yeah, consistency is key, you know. You got to stay. I always talk about this like homeostasis. You have to just keep everything within. You got these two lines, like gotta stay between these two lines and just yeah, keep everything totally. consistent because you can't perform, you know, unless you're, you know, you feel right. Yeah. If you're doing too much, you'll just burn out. You know, I'm realizing that. And just like physically, like if you, you overeat or you uh, don't get enough sleep or any of these things, it's like, it does affect the next day. And when you're younger, it, it affects you less. But as you get a little bit older, um, you know, like if I was to stay up late tonight, I'm not going to perform as well in the shop tomorrow. Well, it's even like with the uh, working up in the office now and doing a lot of computer work. If I eat a, a huge lunch, which I, I do this to myself sometimes, I'm, I'm like done mm-hmm. for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the day. I mean, it's like, it's over. Yeah. Um, where if I, that's where I missed the, working on the floor. Cause I could, I could eat a ton of food and I could just, you could work I could it just off. start sweeping the floor and yep. 20 minutes to go by and it'd be fine. Um, when you get behind the computer, it's just like, 
it's hard. <laughs> uh, it's the worst. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I I like keeping busy like after I've eaten. You got yeah. You got to get up and we have a we have a, like an hour long lunch over there. It's long. Oh man. So it's easy to like eat and then hang out. And get tired. We we try and do like a half hour, but usually yeah. it creeps into like forty five minutes. Yeah. Depending on what's on the YouTube. Yeah, we always like pop on a YouTube video. This is a nice setup with the screen here. I'm sure it's do you guys eat here at the yeah. table? Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is cool. Yeah, we had uh this guy Jacob Collier, who's a musician. He's a genius. Yeah, he's like a total savant. He was doing um, you know, song Danny Boy. Yeah. He was playing it. Um, to 18 different emotions. So it was all pre-programmed. He didn't know. So he he started playing and then every 30 seconds or something, it would change to angry and he had to play it. Yeah. So then it sounded angry and then happy and then mysterious. And the guy is ridiculous. Yeah, that stuff's mind blowing. I really love the uh, new videos Rick Beato's doing. Oh, yeah. He's like just interviews someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. That's good. Uh, what was the one that we kept passing over because it was his videos are so long i just watched the one with billy corrigan mm-hmm. um and i think he's got a second channel now i'm not just the like, auto too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um because i saw he had a video with christopher cross yeah but yeah so if we put on an hour-long beato video odds yeah. are we're probably going to stick it out to the end and then yeah. you know the yeah. days already fly <laughs> by what yeah. what'd you think of billy corrigan i really like billy corrigan <laughs> billy corrigan's uh like guitar tone uh I, I'm just a big Smashing Pumpkins fan. That's like my my kind of go-to genre of music is that sort of, uh, you know, later 90s uh, grunge, dis- mm-hmm. heavy distortion. Not like totally metal, but I, I really love like stuff like Smashing Pumpkins, Helmet, um, the Deftones, stuff like that. What do you think of his personality? He, saw, he seems like uh, super intense. Doesn't he own like a wrestling company or something? I'm not sure, but I, I his story's pretty fascinating. If you haven't heard it, he's got a good episode on uh, Joe Rogan. I think I did. I saw that. Um, but yeah, he seems like, uh, from what I've seen, he seems like super intense. What yeah. do you think? That was kind of the feeling I got. I haven't gone too. I like the music, mm-hmm. but. Something about his personality rubs me the wrong way in the interviews and stuff I've seen where I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm completely missing it, but like he seemed to think he didn't get enough credit for his part in the music scene. Like, you know, he came out at the same time as, you know, bands like Nirvana and, you know, Pearl Jam and things like that. And that maybe, he didn't get yeah, the, I could the, the accolades that like these he, other bands. He seemed entitled, you're saying? Um, like like he got passed over and he was a little bit Bitter. annoyed about it. Yeah. Like, no, I'm as I'm as good as those guys. I'm better than these guys. I mean, I feel like people put Smashing Pumpkins like up there pretty high. Yeah. You know? There's yeah. only so many bands from that area. We got mm-hmm. what? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, um, Soundgarden, Soundgarden, Alice, in, Alice Chains. in Chains. Yeah. You know, there's only yeah. a dozen or so bands and Smashing Pumpkins, one of them. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know how you can get mad at that though, because it's so, that stuff works itself out so naturally. People like what they like and, yeah. and, and you know, all those, you know, icons and phenomenons appear because that's what the majority likes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
How do you feel about Japanese jazz fusion? <laughs> uh, I like a lot of jazz music. Are you talking about like, um, kind of like, not like a, just more instrumental? Yeah, sort of stuff? like Cassiopeia. Stuff like that. I used to work with a guy at uh, New Horizon who was maybe a year older than me. And we'd work in a similar station. And there were computers all over the place and guys would play music. And he would always play like almost like what you would hear in a Japanese restaurant during like the lunch hour. Mm. And that was always like really cool to work to, especially if you were doing quiet work that was more, maybe you're like chiseling something or fitting something up. Um, I like that kind of stuff. I like instrumental music in the shop. Um, in head, like in headphones, it's not, it's not as good like on the radio. I mean, it's good on the radio, but I do like to have, you know, uh, regular music with vocals on there too. But yeah, I get in the zone to like Snarky Puppy and Cassiopeia and even like, I don't know if you ever heard of like Animals as Leaders. Yeah, yeah. Um, that guy's pretty amazing. Yeah, Tosin Abasi. We were just looking up because uh, we we're driving around and one of their songs came on. I'm like, what's the tuning on an eight string guitar? Because it's so low. Do you guys listen to Chon? C-H-O-N? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love Chon. We know Chon. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chon. Oh, you got to check out Cassiopeia. Do you like Steely Dan? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it sounds a lot like Steely Dan, but it's instrumental. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, like late 70s. I mean, they're still playing, but um, started in like the late 70s in Japan. That's um, cool. Masayoshi Takanaka. You know, I always forget that Japan is an island and they have like this distinct island sound to like a lot of the music. Yeah. All that, all that stuff's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. No, yeah, I like, definitely check that out. They have like the little steel drum and some of the stuff. And, you know, if you grew up playing like, um, you might be a little too young, but like the, you know, the, the heavily Japanese influenced video games, Pokemon, stuff like that. You hear like that. I don't know, you know, yeah, no, you hear know the same influence in that, you know, that 8-bit music from Mario, you can hear the influence, you know, of like, I guess it's just like a Japanese influence, but it's pretty cool. Do you guys ever watch uh, like Audio Tree Live? Does that ever come up on your YouTube? It's like, it's kind no. of a smaller, more niche band, but I I think there's a band, I, I think it's a Japanese band, it's called Elephant Gym or something, but same thing, like just like a three-piece Amazing bass player, uh, all instrumental music, super cool stuff. If you like Rick Beato, you got to check out Pat Finnerty. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. ever watch him? No, I don't think so. He does. So Rick Beato does the "What Makes This Song Great." Yep. This yeah. guy does "What Makes This Song Stink," and he just like rips apart like a uh, Danny California, or uh, <laughs> he did yeah. uh, like Kryptonite. a couple, yeah, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down, and he's he's funny. What do you guys watch on YouTube uh, other than music stuff? Do you watch woodworking videos or not really? Yeah, we watch uh, yeah. your dad's stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anytime uh, a John Peters video comes out, we watch that. I, I'll watch like the Wood Whisperer. Um, not like religiously, but, you know, when it pops up, I'll watch like his new videos. Um, Ishitani Furniture. That's a good one. His are all no talking it's like ASMR almost for oh, okay. working. He's, uh, he's in Japan. Um, who else? We watch comedy every now and again. Yeah. yeah. Watch like, yeah, some SNL clips or something like that. Key and Peele we were watching for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's great. I, love <laughs> I feel like there's not a lot of good woodworking content on YouTube. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I don't watch so much of it now because when, when I, you know, when you're, Doing that kind of stuff all day. It's like at the end of the day, I'm like, I got to just 
totally look at something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, it's one thing if it's like something that you know you're gonna learn from, but if it's just like, well, we're gonna build this cabinet. It's like right, I built <laughs> I built enough cabinets. I I could yeah, figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> like it needs to be like a technique or like some tool that I haven't heard of. I watch know? a lot of tool reviews and tool restorations mm. more so than uh, project builds. I used to watch, yeah, a lot of the tool restoration. There was a guy in like Malaysia or something that I used to watch. Um, and he would take like these old, it was like a Makita drill from the 80s that was just like totally destroyed and and bring it back to like looking brand new. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know, there's they're like scrubbing it for like hours. What's new uh, going on over at uh, Timber? Can you talk about anything that... Uh... Um. Other that we we did a lot of uh, a lot of that you know got a lot of work that was like outsourced you know what what do you take that like overflow work mm-hmm. um, so that was like the boxes and stuff like that and um, yeah just like pumping out little jobs like that octagonal thing they posted that was that. crazy yes yeah, monitors on the inside I guess no that was like a reflective. Uh, lamp, it was like a aluminum laminate kind of thing huh. um, that would and like I think a light bar went behind it so yeah just like stuff like that like so we have more like um, you know stuff that can get like kind of put together quick uh, and then there's in and out more. yeah and that stuff's good yeah um, you gotta have a base layer of that kind of stuff yeah and then right now I'm doing a job like I'm solely doing a job that's 47 panels they're like these 3D carved panels that make up a, a wall and it's all out of uh, Jatoba, and it's like wow. that's what I'm doing for the next. Oh yeah, Anya was asking us about uh, Kumaru. I think yeah. was it originally supposed to be Kumaru? Something maybe, yeah. but it's that's the same thing. Like it's another millwork shop that doesn't have a machining background. That's outsourcing the machining, but they'll do the finishing and sanding and install and stuff. Hey, that's cool. But it's kind of scary because some of these things are like. You know, these panels are, they come in at, it's eight quarters, so they get it down to like an inch and seven eighths clean, and they throw it in this form, so it's kind of this radius panel. It's like, a, it's got an arc um, to it. So they basically, they make a form with an arc, um, and they just bevel out these pieces till they have like sort of like a potato chip kind of thing. Um, and the, the finished panel is an inch and uh, three quarter. So you have to float a sixteenth above and below you know, that's all you have to work mm. with. So that's like, those are kind of scary. And just like, um, I, I can't just make another stock if we mess one up and, and, uh, they, they, <laughs> they take, them. I yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I take my time with those. Like, uh, you know, it probably takes me an hour just to get one on the bed and, and of the CNC. And then I, I do all sorts of measuring to make sure it's as close as possible to the computer. And then I'll compensate for any, uh, difference. Um, you know, because it's like a 16th, but it's sometimes it's over like 75 inches. So something might dip or whatever. And then, of course, when you machine the back of them, you know, they want to move the like crazy. Moves, yeah. <laughs> so so that's what I've been working on. And it's cool. It's like a, it's a fun, it's fun in that it's like very, uh, you know, I'm like biting my nails when this thing's on the machine. Because uh, yeah. I really don't want to, you know, it kind of keeps you in the moment. Uh, but at the same time, it's like. Mentally, it's kind of like, wow, this is, and there's, you know, there's a lot of them. I think there's like 47 of them. Um, high risk, high reward. Yeah, it's a good, I just look at all that stuff. Like, it's really good. Like, like all that kind of work. It's like going to the gym for machining and Fusion 360 mm-hmm. and, and measuring and all that stuff. It's, it's like, uh, that's the nice thing about that custom work is it's, 
you're like you know you're repping out the the bar it's you're, yeah. you're working out uh keeps you kind of sharp yeah what was donna saying she was like oh yeah i don't want to scare you guys and it's like <laughs> you can't scare us at this point you know we've just done <laughs> We say yes and then figure it out later. <laughs> yeah, just like the things that are so far outside of our wheelhouse. And then you just, you know, in the moment, a lot of times it sucks, but you're more well equipped at the end of it, you know, to do something similar or, you know. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's good all around. Um, so I'm, I'm doing that till the, uh, that'll probably take me into to February. Um, but it, yeah, it was pretty cool too. I had to make like a, I made a router jig to be able to put a slot all the way around the backside of I it. Saw that. But that slot rides on like a, a ribboned kind of surface. So it, that's, that's a whole thing to figure out. Um, but yeah, that, that should take me into, you know, the end of February. And then there's always like kind of the high end uh, hush hush art stuff going on in the background. Yep. I don't really do too much. I'm not super involved in that stuff. Um, I'm more of like a, uh, you know, I do more of the mill work. Let's figure it out. Let's, you know, let's build the project kind of thing. Where, where the, specials, the, the specials guy, they call that. Yeah. Where like the, the art stuff's cool, but it's very like subjective. And then you might have a, you know, you might have a, a difficult person, you know, like in, in the, on the purchasing end of it that, and it's, it's got to be to the highest standard, but the standard is kind of subjective. So that whole world is funny, but I fall more into like, I, I really admire uh, like mechanics and, and try, my whole goal is to, is to be someone that's like very mechanical. So I, I just naturally uh, veer away from that kind of stuff um, where anything can be anything. And I'm, I'm more, I'm, you know, I'm more into figuring out the problem. Yeah. The standards are more cut and dry, you know, when it's something that has a function, you know, a piece yeah. of this could be in the eye of the right person. This is a piece of art, this bottle. So yeah. how do we set a standard for what is correct when, you know, yeah, your standard is different than my standard is different than yours. But if we say we have to build a cabinet, okay, we know it's got to be square. It's got to be the correct dimension, you know? Yeah. And it feels, it feels good to work inside those constraints and to, to hit those marks, to have something that's square that, you know, meets the measurement you want it to, you know, that kind of, it's just, there's something about that to me that feels better than like, you know, the thing with the whole art stuff or the ultra creative work where it's so subjective is it's, you can really miss and, and just, you know, claim that it's intentional or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) where I just like, you know, I like the other, the other stuff where you're trying to really hit the mark, you know, and and that feels good when you do at the end of the day. It takes the pressure off, you know, because there's a standard to hit. There's no question as to what the end goal has to be, you know. Um, We talk about that with like, you know, we do client work. We uh, commissioned work. We don't really build spec pieces. You know, it's hard to build a spec piece because it's all on you. It's like you have to design it, build it, everything. And if you fail at the end, it's it's also all on you. Whereas if we're building something for a client, you know, we have all these constraints. We have spatial constraints, the design taste of the client that we have to work within, uh, the budget of the client. So it really narrows everything down. It makes it a lot easier to figure out, you know, what to build and how versus when you're just left to your own devices. It's like, there's too many options. You know, I get analysis paralysis where it's like, yeah. Um, you know, I need to have some constraints. Yeah. And I, th- I think like, like in anything, like 
it's good. It seems like you guys are specializing sort of with that. Like I see the way that panel saw is right next to the edge banner. It mm. seems, is it, that's the kind of the, the plan is to, to roll that out into more of a, a service you're offering to where you can do a high end kitchen, but you could also do like a kind of like a semi commercial, uh, like com- not comic core, uh, particle board kitchen, but do it well kind of thing. Yeah. I think, you know, like we were talking about before where you have to have sort of like this base layer of like, uh, like fast and cheap isn't maybe really the right way to put it, but that's really at the end of the day, what it is like, you got to bring in these fast, cheap jobs that have a high profit margin, you know, cause they come in, they come out. Um, and you know, there's always like a, a, a baseline price, you know, it's like, there's a, there's a, a floor and a ceiling and, um, it's a pretty small, you know, it's not eight foot ceiling. It's like a four foot ceiling. So the difference between like melamine commercial cabinets and high end cabinets, it's not that much different. So the profit margin on like the commercial and faster stuff is, is pretty good. So if we can have enough of that going on where we can also take on these jobs that are like the white Oak thing that we just did that are more artistic and, you know, a little slower, but have a lower profit margin it's like a subsidy, you know, we want to subsidize doing the cool stuff because in a space like this, you can't get away with doing that kind of stuff. I mean, we're not Sam Malou for George Mm -hmm. Nakashima or, you know, you, you really have to have a name and a lot of clients behind you to do like high end woodwork and make a living. Yeah. It seems like if you want to make like really nice tables and chairs and stuff, you can do that, but you have to do that at your house. Yeah. Uh, Or, or like garage or something. <laughs> and those people months. work, you know, yeah. 60, 80 hours a week. And, yeah. you know. No, it's really cool. I think I think all that stuff is, it, like, whenever I see people that are consistently doing that kind of stuff and doing it well, I, I, it is really cool. But I, I just, I would, I don't know if I could handle the inconsistencies that I would imagine come with that, you know. And, like, those jobs run too long. Did you like, there's a guy on YouTube, uh, what is it, Wolfendelset, you know, building a, 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 a high boy chest of drawers six months. Like, I would lose my mind. I can't work on one job for six months. Yeah, but that's like, that's just how it's funny. People don't realize like how long some of that stuff takes. Like I was, my, my girlfriend sent me this photo of a, like a, it looked like a crate and barrel, like uh bench you would put at the end of your bed and it was like pretty not complicated but it it was you know had some different angles in it she's like oh you could probably do this in like two hours (laughs) (laughs) they take me two hours just to put the first coat of finish on it would take me two hours just to like buy go buy all the stuff for it maybe and it's probably like what four hundred dollars at crate and barrel yeah and it'd probably be there's no way you could buy all that material for 400 bucks you know yeah, we don't even have access to that type of whatever type of wood that they're using some like rubber wood or something something yeah yeah, it's, I get that all the time. People are detached from the process. There aren't people making things locally. Yeah, one-offs. Like people don't understand the difference between a one-off and a commercially, like a commercially produced or a mass-produced thing. That was like uh, I had a buddy years ago who, ha- <clears throat> excuse me, had I forget a niece or a nephew being born, something like that. He's like, "Oh, can you make me a rocking horse?" I'm like. How long it's going to take me to make a rocking horse? Like, you know, this, even if I gave you like the deal of a lifetime, it's going to be so much more expensive than just going out and buying a rocking horse. Well, the the funny thing with that too, is I was talking to my dad about this a little while ago. Like it's really normal for someone to ask 
someone like you to build a rocking horse. But if you were to ask one of your like uh, legal friends to draft yeah. you up, uh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It Can you write up a couple contracts for me? <laughs> <laughs> it would never go that way. It's funny you say that because it's, you know, like every time I'm at like one of my relatives, I have to like get out of there before they ask me to make them something or can you give me this piece of wood or what? Like, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they probably, they're just under the, they're not aware that it's like, it's all, it's great, but it's, it's work at the end. It's, you know, that's, that's what you do every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's either free or I'm not doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like, I got to build some countertops for my sister-in-law. And she's like, just let me know how much. I'm like, just pay for the material. I'm like, I can't charge you because I just can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're opening yourself up to something. And then, you know, there's no, there's the pressure's off you if she's not paying you a lot. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And the yeah. timeline's probably wider too, I'd imagine. Yeah, I should probably do those. <laughs> we have the material, but yeah, just some uh, high pressure laminate countertops. Super yeah, easy. There you go. Something like, you know, solid wood countertops. That's just like a straight no. That's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's a lot of work. Um, so I don't know. I don't want, we don't want to keep you too long because I know you're going over to the other shop. Um, I guess. You have anything um, that you want to plug? Do you want to, you want to, you know, plug the new company? I mean, we could always leave a link. I know there's nothing on there, but people could. Or can people like follow on Instagram yet? No, it's there, but it's not. Um, it's not. It's set up, but there's nothing on there. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I think it's just uh, Walter underscore Peters. Um, you know, as that develops, I'll, I'll, um, you know, I'll be plugging that, mm-hmm. and, and you'll, you'll be able to navigate to that you know, at that time. Nice. Excellent. Well, thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. We had a great visit. We'll yeah, to continue nice. the conversation another time, of course. For sure. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Once, once you get everything set up too, because we want to hear about, you know, we'll be like reliving, you know, our own trials and tribulations. <laughs> it seems like it's going too well. Like I'm waiting for the, you know, the shooter drop kind of, but it, you know, one thing at a time. Yeah. It'll happen, but you'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like it's going like too smooth right now, but we haven't, I guess we haven't, we haven't started the jobs yet. Fire that machine up. (laughs) Yeah. That's when that'll happen. Well, thanks. Good luck. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. We'll uh, talk to everybody next week. All right. Take care, everybody. We truly appreciate you listening. If you want to support the show, leave us a review on Apple podcasts or Spotify, share the show with your friends or consider subscribing to our Patreon. We'll see you next week. Yeah.